Acts 9, 1 through 9. And it is the story of Saul and Jesus appearing to Saul. And so I invite you to follow along with the sermon on the Version Bible event. Click the link on the website. Search for Good Shepherd on the app. All of those things that we would normally do and be about. And I would encourage you to get yourselves ready this morning as we pray and receive the word. Gracious God, as we come this morning, open us up to your word. This is a, a powerful word from the blinding voice of Jesus to Saul who becomes Paul. But each one of us has that place of Saul in our lives that needs to become Paul. Speak to that place now with that kind of voice that we might be able to see where we cannot see, where our lives need to turn and, ch- and change the most. Pour into these words that I say. May they be acceptable and pleasing to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. So, so I think all of you know how much I like science fiction and science, especially NASA. And have you, have you ever wondered why moon helmets had one-way mirrored visors? This begins your fill-in-the-blanks if you're following along. Well, the reason was, if aliens were found on the moon, they would not see the astronaut's face. Because the unknown is easier to, to let go instead of seeing these frail human beings behind the back. I mean, look at that picture. Does it even look human sometimes when you look at that picture? You see, humans want to remain hidden. One of the biggest obstacles to hearing Jesus speak is the fact that we're in hiding. Maybe even more so now. We're especially hiding from the one true God. In fact, the Bible is a hide-and-seek story from start to finish. It's the largest search and rescue mission ever undertaken. Remember those games of hide-and-seek where you'd, you'd, somebody would count down, obviously, and you'd go run and find that hiding place, and you wanted to find the best place you possibly could find, and then you'd get so hidden, no one could find you, and then after a while, you were like, is anybody ever going to find me? Because after a while, it's not fun anymore. Everybody's there talking and laughing, and they're all back together again, and you're still sitting in your hiding place because no one's found you, but you don't want to give it up. And then eventually, you just you find yourself. Because they're not going to find you. They've given up on you. And they're like, we can't find you wherever you are. But see, in in this game, the one seeking is God. And we're the ones hiding. And we do a really good job of hiding. we found lots of places where we can hide and God will never see us, or so we think. But folks, we're not created to hide from God. We're not created to hide from God. We're created to hide in God, you see. To hide in God. Prayer is not a hideout. Prayer is an acknowledgement on the dependence of God. That's where we need to be. When God does play hide and seek with us, God hides in order to be more deeply found sometimes. God doesn't make it easy to kind of, you know, be found sometimes. Last week everybody said, you had too many fill-in-the-blanks, I couldn't follow along. 
Debbie wants me to make it easy on you. Debbie liked it. Debbie likes it. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you've got to put a little effort into it. Sometimes you've you got to do that. If you're really that person has got to fill the blanks in, you can look on the website and the sermons are there and you'll be able to find the words that you're looking for. You see, God hides for us to more deeply discover God and hear God. Sometimes our very anxiousness about searching for God and straining harder to hear God's voice is what prevents us from hearing God in the first place. We're trying too hard to hear God. Maybe we ought to stop searching for God and instead come out of hiding and just say, God, let God find us. You see, the best hearing begins with our coming out of hiding and saying to God, Here I am, Lord. If we would just say that, if we would just open ourselves up to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Speak to me. So that is when Jesus comes in His seeking voice. That's the voice as God went to go find Saul. Here is Saul, a man with a life rich in privilege and pedigree and power and Torah true righteousness. Saul knew what it was like to be chosen. You see, first he was a Jew, a member of a nation chosen by God to be in a unique relationship with God. Second, within this Jewish identity, Saul was a... Pharisee. Among the chosen, Saul was chosen to wield special power and influence because of his vast learning and his piety. Third, in addition to his chosen chosen status, Saul also enjoyed political status. He was a Roman citizen. And that honor gave him rights and privileges that accrued to the most powerful entity on the earth at that time, the Roman Empire. It would serve him well later on. So deeply layered in chosenness, Saul started down the Damascus Road with a mission to round up and to haul to Jerusalem followers of a guy named Jesus. And that's where we start in verse 1 of chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest, seeking letters to the synagogues in Damascus. If he found persons who belonged to the way, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. You see, one of the great hide-and-seek stories of the entire Bible is the Damascus Road story. If ever there was evidence that Jesus comes to us, that we are the hounded and the haunted and the hunted, it is this moment, Lynn Sweet says. You see, every post-resurrection appearance we've talked about of Jesus begins because Jesus initiates it. Did you notice that? We, they never initiated it. 
It's Jesus who comes every time into their life. You see, we have a God who comes to us. Amen? We have this God who comes to us and finds us, who searches for us. Verse 3, During the journey as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus who you are harassing, came the reply. Now get up and enter the city. You will be told what you must do. So on the road to Damascus, a seeking God and a seeking interrupting voice Not Saul, soon to be known as Paul, off his high horse, literally, and turned his whole life around. And once you've heard Jesus call your name, you fall on your knees. You proclaim Jesus, Lord. You get to be a changed person with a new name. You choose new paths. And then you travel like the wise men did all the way back in January. You go home a different way. And you also allow yourself to be assigned to others on your journey going forward. While Jesus' appearance to Paul was different in character from the rest of the Christ's pre-ascension experiences and appearances... We'll celebrate the Ascension actually next week in case you're wondering. And Pastor Rick will bring us the message. Remember, we're one week off. So Pentecost is on June 7th, not May 31st. This encounter with Paul was not a vision. It was not a dream. Both Jesus' voice in verse 7 and the bright light, one of your fill-in-the-blanks from Acts 22.9, were perceived and seen by Paul's traveling companions. So it's not a vision. It's not a dream. It says in verse 7, those traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Can you imagine that? That must have been a little different. But not every change of heart happens like a scene from a movie. Lynn says, sometimes the loudest quiet comes from the quieting of the loudest places. Let that soak in. Let me say it again. Sometimes the loudest quiet comes from the quieting of the loudest places. And so sometimes it is best when Jesus speaks with a blinding voice. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, we hear from Hebrews 11.1. But what kind of evidence is the kind that is not seen? What kind of faith is that hoped for substance? You see, Paul learned both the hard way on that hard Damascus road, what faith is really all about. You see, we hear Jesus' voice best when we are transparent. You know what else is transparent? Glass. That's your fill-in-the-blank, glass. 
The making of glass dates back thousands of years before Christ. This is a Roman, actual Roman glass. B.C. But you know, it also makes an appearance at the beginning of history. In Genesis, it says we were created from sand mixed with other elements from the ground and water. Glass is made from sand mixed with other elements from the ground and water and sodium carbonate. So when we experience Jesus' touch and, and hear his voice, we are brought into the light. And to be brought into the light, when the light can shine through you because you're transparent, we like to be able to see what's in our glass. You are revealed and you're redeemed and you become a child of light. You know, the lighthouses of old had huge, huge reflectors and big pieces of glass to be able to shine the light as far as they possibly could shine it. When you become a part of Christ, your glass is re-blown. You ever watched a glass blower? Let me know if you have on Facebook. I'd love to know that you've seen this. I would love to see it up close and personal. You have? David says he has. Oh, Mark has too. Anybody else in the room? Hey, all right. I would love to see this, but just watching them with the long metal you know, tube blow glass. As a child of light, you're given new glass. You're created anew. Your new eyes, transparent to the truth, transparent to all for all to see. To be redeemed is to be revealed. Before the blinding voice, Paul was like a torch burning bright, but he shone with his own light. Now in irony, he wouldn't see any light. Verse 8, after they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days he was blind and neither ate nor drank or anything. You think maybe the three days has something to do with resurrection? You ever thought about that? Why is it three days? And after Jesus' blinding voice on the Damascus road, a blazing torch and Paul turns into a heap of ashes. Paul was no longer like a torch, but more like a diamond that brilliantly reflected borrowed light. Without its source, the diamond would be nothing but a dead stone, you see. On that day on a road, on the Damascus Road, Paul suddenly found himself at zero. Or maybe even less than zero. Maybe you find yourself there, you're, you're just feeling like you're at zero or below. And then a flash of blinding light and a heavenly voice and everything he thought that mattered didn't matter anymore. This huge episode, this huge cataclysmic event, all of a sudden changed him forever. Kind of where we find ourselves in these in-between days right now, isn't it? We will never be the same again as we were before this. One generation began with 9-11, and now they'll have another episode like this. 
that will form them for the rest of their lives. And it will form all of us. The only thing that mattered to Paul now, the fact that he knew Christ. Again and again and again he says that to us through the letters. For Paul and for us, the Jesus of history must become the living Christ. Not historical, but living. If we're able to and are able to hear Jesus' voice. Because once you are voice activated, you know you have a lot of voice activated things in your life now. If you have an Amazon, you know, or you have a Google device, then or if you have remote controls that all talk now and they're all voice activated and all the time all the things in our life and our cars are voice activated and all of this. But once you're voice activated, light leaches out of each encounter. You see, but the journey of sanctification, to be made holy, as John Wesley would talk about, in case you didn't know it today, today is basically yesterday. Yesterday? Today's 25th, right? It is today. Today is Aldersgate Sunday. And it is Aldersgate. And it is the time in which John Wesley felt his heart strangely warmed after attending a meeting and the preface to Romans is being read. And he would say to us the same way. He would say that it is the move from leaking the light to shining the light. Sometimes we leak light, but we want to shine it wherever we go. And when that blinding voice is through with you, you need a mentoring voice. You see, the voice of Jesus speaking comes from both the outside of us and the inside of us. And it's the same voice. But as far as we know from the accounts in the gospel, Jesus appeared in person after his resurrection only to those who knew him. Before. Not one physical appearance occurred before this to a non-disciple. And here, Jesus appeared to Paul in a blinding voice. And then through an unsuspecting disciple, Ananias. Verse 10, in Damascus there was a certain disciple named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision. Ananias, he answered, yes, Lord. To hear the voice of God, you have to be in a relationship with God. Let me say that again. To hear the voice of God, you have to be in a relationship with God. Even a negative, always fighting relationship is better than no relationship. So if you question God and you're constantly in a struggle with God, that's okay. Because the sheep, whether black or white, recognize the shepherd's voice. Whether they're black or white, they recognize the shepherd's voice. But all of us need help in life for one thing or another. And one of the hardest things for humans to do in life is to say, I need some help. But helping others is not a hobby or merely lending a helping hand. Service is an act of holiness. It's the inheritance, the heritage as heirs of Christ. 
in mentoring is one of the highest forms of service. I love being a mentor when I was on the board of ordained ministry and I would interview pastors and help pastors go through the process to become ordained pastors. And I also lead a L3 group, loving, learning, and leading of pastors in our area from Old Hickory to other places. And I enjoy it so much gathering together. I learn so much from them and we learn together and it's an amazing thing because good mentors are like that. It works both ways. People mentor you as well. And now somehow I've been asked to, to lead the Hendersonville Pastors Group as we restart and try to figure out how to work together again after several years. You see, Paul needed help to hear God. He needed a mentor. He needed an instructor. You see, learning Christ is discipleship. Learning about Christ is scholarship. The former is the way of an apprentice with a mentor, and the latter is the way of an academic with a mentor. We need both. People who speak to us about learning the ways of Christ and also about learning about Christ. Both discipleship and scholarship require mentors. You've heard talk about sweet surrender, but there's nothing sweet about surrender. Paul had to be blindsided. And go blind to rea- in reality to hear the truth. His vision was so self-focused. His hearing is so self-absorbed. He needed to be blinded before he could see. And deafened so he could hear. Plus, he needed someone to guide him from the darkness to light. From dark deafness to hearing. And so in verse 11, the Lord instructed Ananias, go to Judas's house on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. Now the only thing we know about Ananias is that he was a respected member of the fledgling followers of Jesus at Damascus. The very group Paul was bound and determined to persecute. And Ananias was attuned enough to Jesus' voice to hear it, to trust it, and to follow it, even though he may have never seen him. Although he did register a bit of concern. And Ananias countered in verse 13, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man. People say he has done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. Basically, he's saying... You do know, God, that this guy, the one you want to make an apprentice, is the same person who has come here to persecute us, right? That must have been a hard pill to swallow and to really test his faith in Jesus and being a follower of the way. Saul's personal appetite had been for success He was a scholar. He was a Roman citizen, a respected Pharisee. He had an appetite for success that had been satisfied. But Saul's desire, his longing for personal redemption, had still been unfulfilled until he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. And it was only after mentoring by Ananias, Ananias, which translated the blinding voice into the language of his life, that Saul really realized the satisfaction of his previous appetites had nothing to do with soul satisfaction. 
You can be great in the world. You can be great in your career. You can be great in your family. You can be great in a good number of things and sports and everything else, but none of that will ever satisfy your soul. That is so different. The world tells us that these things make us a success. It doesn't take very long to realize when you've been blinded and you're awake to the newness of what Christ has to offer that those things don't really matter. And right now, perhaps you're finding that lots of things you thought mattered don't really matter. Or maybe you're still trying to hold on to those things like they do matter. I can tell you they don't. Jobs will come and go. This will come and go too. Families will grow up. But if you're looking for something that's going to satisfy your soul, you're going to have to go a lot deeper than that. You're going to have to go right into that well. You need to look for mentors to be able to help you. You see, it was only after Ananias guided Saul in his stroke of insight that Saul felt the desire of his earthly life find their true fulfillment in the love of God and the love of others. That's our true fulfillment. Jesus made it clear. How do you live into all the commandments? How do you do this? Love God and love your neighbors. He made it clear. That is true fulfillment. I think it's very interesting that Ananias, if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be any Paul. We seem to have Paul held up to this high, high story of being the greatest apostle of all time, but maybe, just maybe, Ananias was the greatest apostle of all time or a disciple because he didn't see Jesus and didn't even know it. He just was a servant of God. And it wasn't that Jesus directly healed Saul either. It was Saul's mentor, Ananias. Jesus healed through Ananias who healed him. Verse 17, Ananias went to the house. He placed his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord sent me, Jesus, who appeared to you on the way as you were coming here. He sent me so that you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly flakes fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. Saul had been blind. But immediately, Paul could see. Saul had been blind, but immediately Paul could see. And once Paul could see, he knew the truth, that there is within us a deep yearning, a longing for the divine, for God, that nothing else can satisfy, that only Jesus can satisfy. Amen? You may have tried in your heart of hearts to try to figure it out. Like, something's missing from my life. And so you try to do all kinds of things. You get better at your job. You start a new hobby. You try to love your kids and your wife more. You, you try to do more things to help other people. You do all these things. And then you wonder why there still is a hole in your soul. It's because that part of your heart is shaped only for Jesus. Only that God that's greater than everything and anything. And the mentoring voice of Ananias taught Paul the truth of that old, old song, Jesus is all the world to me. Jesus is all the world to me. And Len Sweet says, being formed as a disciple 
is nothing more and nothing less than a community where everyone is an Ananias and everyone is being Ananiased. Get it? Where everyone is an Ananias and everyone is being Ananiased. In other words, everyone is a mentor in hearing Jesus speak. And everyone has a mentor in hearing Jesus speak. We all need mentors and guides to help us hear the voice of Jesus. If we think that somehow we've got it all figured out, I don't need anybody's help, you know, I can do this on my own. That's not what it means to be a Christian. This is not a Lone Ranger religion. It was never meant to be. It's to be done in community, in small groups, hashing it out, in larger groups, talking to each other. Some of those mentors are a part of the communion of saints who have come before us over the years. Some are here with us in the here and now. And others who have heard Jesus' voice before us in the past can help us to hear Jesus' voice for us today. So the seeking voice, the blinding voice, the mentoring voice. How do you need to hear Jesus speak today to you? What voice do you need to hear the most to grow as a follower of the way and a fully devoted disciple of Jesus? Amen. As we receive this invitation, we think about things that faith isn't... Yeah, put it back up there. We haven't done that in a while. Faith is not canceled. Hope is not closed. Love is always present. Faith, hope, and love. These things will always be with us. And the greatest of these is love. Love. And love is always present. As we join together in receiving the invitation, we think about praying Psalm 91 for 91 days, and we continue this and week after week. And on my phone and on my watch, at 9 a.m. it came through this morning, and at 9 p.m. it comes through at night. An opportunity to stop and just think about these words. Let us pray together. Lord, thank you for the rest that comes when I choose to live in your shelter. I declare you alone are my refuge, my place of safety. You are my God. I trust in you. I pray you will protect me and my family from the virus. I pray you will cover me and shelter me. I thank you for your faithful promises that remind you will protect me. Help me not to be afraid of all that I hear and all that I see. Help me not to dread the virus that is terrorizing our world. Lord, many are sick and more are fearful and anxious. I pray protection for me, my family, my church my community, my city, my state, my country, my continent, my world. I pray, Lord, as I make you my refuge, that no evil will conquer us, nor come near our home. I pray for protection by your angels wherever I go. Lord, I love you. I trust in you. Please rescue and protect me. Thank you for answering when I call. Thank you for being with me in trouble. Thank you for salvation and the hope of heaven. And everybody said together, Amen. And so as we gather here and sitting in the presence of God,
Don't strain to listen to God's voice. Just open yourself up and say, Lord, here I am. And then allow the space for God to speak to you. You can use these moments right now to do just that.
Lord has called us to go deeper and to go higher than we've ever gone before. This time in our life doesn't change that. We will find new ways to go deeper. We will find new ways to be called higher. We will continue to rise above all the challenges that the world puts before us because Christ will be with us, leading us and guiding us. And if we listen for his voice, whether that's the voice that we need to hear of the seeking voice or the blinding voice or the mentor voice right now, we will hear what he has to say to us. To receive these words of encouragement, may the blessing of God surround us. May the angels and friends share our journey. May we be safeguarded, loved, and cherished. May we walk on holy ground. May people of faith inspire us. May wisdom and justice empower us. May we be wise and strong and creative. May we celebrate life and hope. May God's image grow within us. May laughter and courage heal us. May the gospel of life sustain us all the days of our journey home. And now may you not only shelter in place, but shelter in peace. And may the peace and comfort of Christ come to you and every day after this and evermore. You are not alone. We are gathered together. We are good shepherd together. And we will always be together with Christ at the center of our community. We love you, friends. We look forward to seeing you soon. Go in peace. Amen. You.